And welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom, and coming up on the show, we're going to discuss the world of sports and how wokeness, I guess you can say, has kind of taken over a lot of the areas of sports, sports talk. ESPN, for example, is a, a big violator of this kind of wokeness thing, or a believer, maybe, if you're on that end of it, of wokeness. And they've come out recently, and they've been saying some critical things about the country, about things going on. And now, I know people will say that even sports commentators have a right to their freedom of speech. Well, they do, but we'll get to why the hypocrisy in that is there. And then it all stems from an ESPN article that was written and released on July 4th, which we'll get to in a minute. But before we really get started with the show, there's been, uh, when we do the show, we do an audio recording and we release an audio podcast of the show. We also do a video recording and we release a video podcast of the show. And so the video podcast, obviously, we uh, put on different video platforms. Well, some of those platforms are starting to uh, keep us from posting the show on, um, on their platforms, saying that we're violating some of their community standards, whatever that might be. So the best thing to do is if you're missing some episodes, or if you go to our website, RadioWarp.com, RadioWARP.com, and you see some things, uh, some episodes not quite up to date, it's probably because we haven't been able to post the video portion of it. And I would suggest you to, um, if you're really interested to hear what we have to say on these podcasts, is subscribe to our SoundCloud account. It's the audio version. You can download it, take it with you on the go, or you can search us up at like places such as Spotify, Pandora, uh, Apple Podcasts, iHeartMedia Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, Edify, um, also uh, Surrey, Google, Alexa, just say play. TWO, Two Steps Head Podcast, and we pop up. So the audio versions are still out there, but some of the video platforms are keeping us from posting some videos, which tells me that we must be saying some things right in order to get that uh, censorship. But anyways, as we go and celebrate the 4th of July, ESPN comes out with an article bashing America. The uh, headline is Baseball, Barbecue, and Losing Freedom This 4th of July. The author is Howard Bryant, and he wrote a lengthy piece, Bashing America. One of the quotes, for example, is, We are currently tearing ourselves completely apart because of the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade and declared the American flag has been co-opted by white nationalism groups. And then goes on from there. You can go check it out if you want. I don't want to spend too much time on it. But that got me thinking about my life, and sports, and why it is that I consume less sports. Now, people that know me know that I'm a huge, was a huge sports fan, I'm a huge baseball fan still. Uh, baseball's going to be probably the last thing to go because I've not only played it, I coached it, I was a broadcaster for sports at different levels, and so um, it's a part of me. So that will probably be the last sport that I let go. Uh, I love the Minnesota Twins. Those that watch the podcast, the video portion, you see I'm usually wearing some sort of Twins. Tonight's a little different. Um, I like minor league baseball. I like going to games. 
I enjoy the College World Series, the Women College World Series in softball. And so it's a, it's a part of me. But some of the other sports, such as the NBA, for example, I've kind of let go. I'll watch college football. I'll watch uh, women's college volleyball. I used to watch the tennis, you know, Wimbledon, which I think just completed uh, the French Open. But a lot of those tennis players that I used to follow, they no longer play. And I don't know who the new people are, so I don't watch anymore. But so there's still a few things here and there that I will watch. I'll watch UNLV basketball, big Rebel fan. Uh, USC football, Nebraska football. And so there are still some games, some teams I'll follow. But as far as watching like ESPN, for example, unless there's a game of interest, I'm not going to watch it. I don't watch Around the Horn. I don't watch uh, Pardon the Interruption or any of those shows. I don't even watch the Sports Center or whatever they have that's equivalent these days. Don't watch Scott Van Pelt because there's just too much of this going on. Now, here's the premise for the conversation. Okay. So growing up, I was fortunate to live in L.A., grew up in L.A. I was spoiled. People like Vin Scully, Chick Hearn, Bob Miller with the Kings, three of the greatest play-by-play broadcasters of their sport. Let's just stick with their sport ever to call a game. And so growing up and listening to them, you had a certain expectation of quality of broadcast. And a lot of times it was a professionalism that kept the broadcaster, let's use Vince Scully for an example, kept the broadcaster out of being the story. For example, he would say that in any great moment, maybe it was Hank Aaron's 715th home run, the Dodgers were playing the, uh, the Braves. He was on the broadcast for the Dodgers. You had Kirk Gibson's home run in 1988, dramatic fashion. You know, she is gone, and then you just hear the crowd noise for the next bit. His whole thing was to step out of the way and let the experience tell the story, let the fans tell the story. That's why you hear a lot of cheering going on and other crowd noise when Vince Scully was doing a game and broadcasting, and it was an exciting moment. Nowadays, you get a lot of people making it about them, and they want to have that dramatic call. That's fine. No big deal. But it's just setting the premise for the conversation. So these veteran broadcasters, these Hall of Fame broadcasters, these legends knew how to do a game. And for someone like Chick Hearn, who never did basketball, uh, he got, he's the guy that invented terminology such as a slam dunk and dribble drive and basketball terminology that you hear today. So again, you're dealing with legends. So not only was that, and there's a lot of legendary broadcasters out there that have since retired and have moved on. I mean, I think of uh, Jack Buck. A lot of you might know Joe Buck on Fox, but Jack Buck, his dad, was a longtime broadcaster. And later on in, in his years, he's kind of a funny guy, and later on in his years, he got, he got pretty bad. I mean, he got, I think he had some health issues, and you'd listen to the game, and, and it was pretty bad. But his comment was, they had the best of me, now they have the worst of me. And so I thought that was kind of clever on his part to, to play it off, realizing it. But, you know, when you have a love for the game, it's hard to let it go. But so as I continue on, we had radio in Los Angeles. I mean, and the premise of radio was, and this is the whole point of what I want to get to. You had these, this, this thing called formats or genres. When you listen to radio, if you wanted to listen to country radio in the nineties in Los Angeles, it was KZLA. If you wanted to listen, I believe Bo Reynolds was the morning show. He went on to uh, uh, Denver at Alice and I don't know where he's at now. If you wanted to listen to more of a top 40 format, you would listen to Rick D's in the morning on KISS FM. 
If you wanted to listen to hip-hop, it'd be uh, Jay Thomas on Power 106. And so you had different genres of uh, music that we would play. If you wanted to listen to oldies, perhaps, maybe it was uh, Charlie Tune and KRLA uh, AM 1110, I believe it was at the time. And so you had different genres. And so when you went to that formatted station, and even before it got to that point, it was so specific that you had top 40, you had album-oriented rock, which I believe was KLOS for a long time. They were more of the uh, album-oriented rock. But you had these formats. So if you went to a certain station, KZLA, for example, you would hear country music. If you heard a pop music, uh, a song on the country, you'd pause and be like, what's going on? Just like if you went to Power 106 and you heard something other than hip-hop or something other than the genre and style of music that Power 106 played, you would be like, well, what's going on? Nowadays, I think it's all jumbled. Sometimes you hear, oh, Coast. What about Coast? If you wanted to hear more of like a soft rock, you would go to 103.5 in L.A. Coast. And then they had love songs on the coast. Nowadays, I think you can hear the same song playing on two different stations at the same time. So I think it's different. But you had genres. You had formats. You would go to a specific place to listen to a certain type of programming that you wanted. You'd have news talk, sports talk. You'd have to go to KBC and the steamer Bud Ferrillo before it became 24-7 sports talk radio evolved. And so... Political talk was another thing. You know, if you wanted all news, KFWB, News 98, give us 22 minutes, we'll give you the world. If I'm within that 22 minutes and they're giving me the world and all of a sudden a country song came on, I'd be like, what's going on? KNX was another one. Those were the competition for all news, KNX and KFWB. So anyway, so there was a certain genre that you would listen to, and that's the point. So today, of course, everybody has a political opinion. There's many outlets to hear those opinions. We're living in such a diverse world. It's divided, many beliefs. And yes, we've had a few pretty potent, pretty powerful decisions come forth from the Supreme Court and from Florida and some other places. And a lot of people on ESPN don't like it. They become a liberal network. Now, again, they can have their opinion. They can share their opinion. But the point is, is that if I'm going to turn on sports, I want to hear sports. I want to hear what's going on with Baker Mayfield. Did he go to the Panthers or did the Browns decide to keep him? You know, what's going on with the NBA trade deadline? Or what's going on with free agency? What's going on with uh, the baseball all-star game or the, the draft? You know, I want to hear what's going on in the world of sports. If I want sports politics, or I mean, if I want politics, I'm not going to do it in a sports station. I'm going to turn to a, a news talk or a political talk station. Obviously, you have your TV stations, and then in your local area, you probably have your local radio content that you can listen to. And so, again, that's kind of the premise, and that's why as the days and years have evolved over the last couple, I stopped listening. I don't listen anymore. I don't read anymore. I've gone to other entertainment things. I've gone to other areas of interest because of the commentary that's coming from places such as ESPN. So based on the premise of the formats and based on the premises of genres and going to something if i go to espn to watch sports and i get something like this tampa bay devil rays or the rays i guess they are now they had pride night okay that's fine but a few members of the tampa bay rays did not want to wear the lgbtq logo on their uniform 
There are five baseball players, including pitcher Jason Adam. And so Jason Adam spoke on behalf of the players that decided that they did not want to wear the uh, rainbow patch. And they said it was a faith-based decision. It wasn't judgmental. It was a hard decision, he said, because ultimately we all said that we want is them to know they're welcomed and loved. I'm assuming he's talking about the LGBT community. But when we put it on our bodies, I think a lot of guys decided that it's just a lifestyle that maybe, not that they look down on anybody or think differently, it's just maybe we don't want to encourage that lifestyle if we believe in Jesus, who encouraged us to live a lifestyle that would abstain from that behavior. So basically, not being judgmental, it's their religious beliefs is what it comes down to. So they did not wear the rainbow patch, which incidentally, the very first rainbow comes from Noah and the ark. When God sent the flood to destroy the world, after the flood, he sent a rainbow promising never to destroy the earth or the people by flood again. So the rainbow is actually a biblical symbol before LGBT. So when you fly it, Some people might be offended by it, but I'm like, hey, wave God's promise all you want because every time I see it, I think of God's promise not to destroy the earth with a flood. And I don't think the LGBT really realize that. I know they like it for the colors, but anyways. So Sarah Spain, ESPN commentator, I believe this was on Around the Horn. She scolded the pitchers, including Jason Adam. She called them bigots over their decision for not wearing the rainbow patch. And don't believe me? Here's what she said. He's Tampa pitcher Jason Adams to the Tampa Bay Times. Hard decision because ultimately we all said we want them to know that they are welcome and loved here. But when we put it on our bodies, I think a lot of guys decided that it's just a lifestyle that maybe, not that they look down on or anything or differently, it's just that maybe we don't want to encourage if it we believe in Jesus who's encouraged us to live a lifestyle that would abstain from that behavior. Sarah Spain, how does that all come off to you? Pride is about inclusion. So you don't love them and you don't welcome them if you're not willing to wear the patch. And calling it a lifestyle reveals to me that you've done not even a modicum of research or understanding on this topic, which is what tends to happen when a privileged class isn't affected by things. This is not just about baseball. That religious exemption BS, which is used in sport and otherwise, also allows for people to be denied health care, jobs, apartments, children, prescriptions, all sorts of rights. And so we have to stop tiptoeing around it because we're trying to protect people who are trying to be bigoted from asking for them to be exempt from it when the very people that they are bigoted against are suffering the consequences. When you say trying to be bigoted. They're trying to use religious exemptions to affect the opportunities, services, uh, available resources for people who are LGBTQ+. And a patch on the jersey in in this way? In the case of sport, no. In the case of sport, though, they're double-talking if they're saying you're welcome while also saying that we don't encourage or or we disagree with it, especially when there are devout people of every single religion that also welcome and are open to people who are born gay. So first off, the hypocrisy in Sarah Spain's comments, because she wants everyone to have inclusion and religious or religious exemption BS is a bigoted statement against people that have a religious belief. And it's not only the Christian belief that is, or might have some pause 
about celebrating LGBTQ. There's a lot of other religions. You can go look it up. I'm not going to start a holy war. I've often said on the show, you should do your own research anyways and check it out. And I'm just here to kind of have dialogue with you and let's talk about it. But anyway, so she says religious exemption BS that has denied health care, jobs, apartments, children, prescriptions. Well, I don't think that's true because I like to see her quote some sources. I need to see some sources in order to see if this is true or not because I don't see that happening. I don't know of anybody that is being withheld from health care or jobs because they're LGBTQ apartments. I mean, we're not going back to the 50s, the 60s, the 40s when black people had to live differently than white people, their own drinking fountain, their own restaurant and all that. We don't have that. In fact, it's very explicit that the laws of today don't exclude people based on race, religion, color, creed, and so forth. And so for her to try to, it's kind of like the whole, we're going to be tolerant or we're going to be intolerant in the name of tolerance is what it comes down to. And so again, if I'm going to a sports station and I want to hear sports, I don't want to hear someone call religion BS. I don't want to hear bigoted statements from someone like Sarah Spain, who is living a privileged life herself. The other thing that I saw that was kind of interesting when it comes to this, that was a huge thing, was in Florida when I guess it was uh, the governor, Ron DeSantis, decided that he was going to sign the bill, a uh, parental right bill, and this is what went down again on ESPN. Legislation happening in Florida and across other states as well that are targeting our LGBTQI plus communities. Many of our colleagues here at ESPN have planned and organized a walkout that will be happening at 3 p.m. Eastern today. And to be honest with you, we thought we were going to come here today and really celebrate a sport that has meant so much and done so much, including for so many in the LGBTQIA plus communities. But we understand the gravity of this legislation and also how it is affecting so many families across this country. And because of that, our allyship is going to take a front seat. And with that, we're going to pause in solidarity. Courtney Lyle, Carolyn Peck. Now, normally at this time, we would take a look back at the first half, but there are things bigger than basketball that need to be addressed at this time. Our friends, our family, our coworkers, the players and coaches in our community are hurting right now. And at 3 o'clock, about eight minutes ago, our LGBTQIA plus teammates at Disney asked for our solidarity and support, including our company's support, in opposition to the parental rights in education bill in the state of Florida and similar legislature across the United States. And a threat to any human rights is a threat to all human rights. And at this time, Courtney and I, we're going to take a pause from our broadcast to show our love and support for our friends, our families, and our colleagues. So again, let's set the table. It's round one. It's the opening round of the women's NCAA basketball tournament. March Madness. Everybody's hyped about March Madness. Now, the men's tournament gets most of the attention, most of the TV coverage. They get prime time. The women's coverage is usually relegated to places like ESPN. They don't get the national, like CBS, TBS, TNT. You can't watch every single game pretty much on those different channels like the men's. So, again, if I'm tuning in to a women's game and I get this, why would I continue to watch? I'm there to watch basketball. 
Now, again, they say it's the Florida's parental rights bill. I'm surprised they said that. That's exactly what it was. I don't see anything wrong with parents having rights. It became the don't say gay bill, which was a complete and outright lie because it had nothing to do with being gay. We'll get to that in a minute. But the threat to any rights is a threat to all human rights at this time. Courtney and I are going to take a pause from our broadcast. Well, what about the rights of parents? So the threat to any right is a threat to all human rights. So the the threat to parental rights doesn't count. Religious BS isn't a part of inclusion. See the hypocrisy here that goes on with these people? And again, they can have their opinions. They can express their opinions. But for me, if I'm going to watch a basketball game, if that's what you're going to do, I'm not going to watch. And by the way, it was 44 to 4 at halftime when they made these comments. Nobody was probably watching the game anyways because there was a complete blowout. So there was nothing to talk about at halftime. But again, you look at the hypocrisy here. So if you want human rights for all, that should include parental human rights. Should it not? What about the children's human rights? And again, they're talking about the LG or the LBGTQIA+. I can't even keep up with the acronyms anymore. So that's what they're talking about, right? They think this is an assault on the LGBT, uh, LGBT community that Ron DeSantis signed. Well, here's what it is. It was House Bill 1557, Parental Rights in Education, which reinforces parents' fundamental rights to make decisions regarding the upbringing of their children. Sounds decent to me. The bill prohibits classroom instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity in kindergarten through third grade and prohibits instruction that is not age-appropriate for students and requires schools, districts to adopt procedures for notifying parents if there is a change in services from the school regarding a child's mental, emotional, or physical health or well-being. Sounds logical to me. Sounds reasonable to me. I don't see anything in here that says it's anti-LGBTQ, IA plus minus exclamation point. But what you see is, oh, ESPN wants teachers to be able to discuss sexualized ideology with K through third grade. Why? That's what I got from your protest. Nothing in here says you can't be LGBTQ. Nothing says you can't be an LGBTQ teacher. It just says you cannot teach sexual orientation and gender identity to kids K through three. So what's that, under 10? Why should anybody be talking sexualized ideology to anybody under 10? you think about it you have the age of consent in some states it's 16 others it's 18 what is the age of consent that means until you reach that age no matter what you cannot give consent to have a sexual relationship or to have sex with anybody it's statutory rape now there was a story still not sure if it's true or not that seems to be a lot of back and forth but let's use it as an analogy so roe v way says that nationalized abortion is not constitutional. It goes back to the state. Let's be honest. That's exactly what it is. California, you can go to California, or if you're in California, you can get all the abortions you want. Nothing's changed. If you're in New York, same thing. Illinois, same thing. Other states, like Florida, it might be banned. Okay? So there was this story about a girl either in Indiana or Ohio. She was 10, and she wanted to go to the other state because apparently her state banned it. And she couldn't for some reason. So it was a big story that everyone ran with. And now they're thinking, is this even true? But here's the point. They're concerned with a 10-year-old not being able to get an abortion. Where's the headline that says 10-year-old was raped and go after the rapist? 
See, people don't care about that. When you talk about abortion, you're talking about let's get the kid an abortion without parental consent. Really, if you care about the women and their right to choose, what about the rapists that are going after them? Where's the moment of silence for the rapists, for the people that were raped, and they're not going after the rapists? But see, they don't care because they don't see that. So again, why should I watch? Why should I listen when you have that kind of ideology? And that's what it is. So again, you do the research, you look it up. It's House Bill in Florida, House Bill HB 1557. Read it and tell me if there's anything in there that's anti-LGBTQIA+. And it's not. You just can't teach sexualized ideology to kindergarten through third grade. And parents have more say. I think that's a good thing. Why is it that you feel the need that parents can't raise their own kids or have a say? Look at all these school boards that wanted parents to be domestic terrorists, get the DOJ, FBI, National Guard in because parents are domestic terrorists. No, the school board is the domestic terrorist. The parents are just looking out for the best thing for their kids. It's amazing that this is the world we've gotten into. It's amazing that this is where we are at when it comes to sports. Okay, so we have these political hotbed topics of ideas going on. You have the parental right or the don't say gay bill. You have uh, the pride. Again, this is all LGBT so far, but what about other things? What about, let's say, China? How could ESPN botch China? I mean, China has horrible human rights. It was the Olympics. They were talking about the Uyghurs and the genocide and the imprisonment and the torture of the Uyghur people in China. And so they talk about the Olympics over there in China, back when the Olympics were going on, the Winter Olympics in Beijing, and how the Chinese Communist Party uh, was committing genocide against the Uyghur Muslims. And so they have this uh, conversation on one of the ESPN shows, and J.A. Adonde, who is a writer, he wrote, I believe, for the LA Times, but he was also a big writer for the NBA. And so he talks about or downplays the genocide in China, but then bashes America in the process. I think it's standard in sports right now. You have to have a cognitive dissonance. You need to compartmentalize. We've never had a more enjoyable NFL playoffs in this country, and we've never had more people watching the playoffs. And yet it goes on amid the ongoing allegations against Dan Snyder, owner of the Washington football team, and the, you know, the continuous concussion concerns, and now the concerns about diversity and the allegations and the questions about competitive integrity even, all of that. And yet we're still enjoying the games. And who are we to criticize China's human rights records when we have ongoing uh, attacks by the agents of the state against unarmed citizens and we've got assaults on the voting rights of, of our people of color in various states in this country. So sports, I think it is possible and it's necessary more than ever to just shut everything out if you are to enjoy the actual games themselves. Well, again, where can you choose that that's free? Uh, and, and, and look at some of the other recent hosts of the games, in, including Russia and, and, and some other recent places. It's very hard to find a country that isn't problematic when it comes to human rights, including here. Remember, we, we had athletes boycott going to Mexico City because of the human rights issues in the United States in 1968, most notably Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, I, I think we can bring attention to it. I think it's, it's notable that we did have a Uyghur participant lighting the torch, and, and hopefully this will be used to bring attention to it rather than to continue to place these issues. Page of the- so he says, who are we to criticize China's human rights records when we have ongoing attacks by the agents of the state police? 
is what he's referring to, against unarmed citizens. That's not going on as frequently as people would like to, to suggest. We've got assaults on the voting rights of people of color. Where? The liberals are the one that says black people can't get a driver's license. They're the ones that say, weren't they the ones that also said that uh, Latinos and like Mexicans couldn't do uh, a computer laptop, didn't know how to run a laptop? I mean, they're the ones creating all this mess. Nobody's being denied voting rights. Show me where. Show me. Show me where someone is denied a voting right. You know who was denied a voting right? I was. It was the 2016 election. I got a letter, an email from the L.A. County clerk's office that said my ballot didn't make it in time and therefore didn't count. What ballot? I voted at the booth on election day, but apparently mine didn't work. So my voting rights was violated. But nobody's voting rights are being violated. The police aren't assaulting people across the country like the Chinese with their genocide of the Uyghur people. In fact, I forget her name, but there was one athlete that I think disappeared. A Chinese athlete disappeared because she had some bad things to say about the Chinese government. Remember during the whole pandemic thing when people disappeared because they spoke out against certain things and they were over there? Yeah. How do you compare America to the Chinese and say, oh, it's not that bad? China is horrible when it comes to human rights. And just like all the other shows we've been talking about, Nobody challenged anything. Nobody was phased. They all believe it. So again, with this liberal talk, that's fine. But if I'm going to want to hear about the Olympics, what's going on, I don't want to hear this. I don't need to hear that. I don't need to hear people bashing America. Why? If you don't like it, go someplace else. So that's the liberal talk of the ESPN commentators. Well, Former Sports Center host Sage Steele, she's suing ESPN for violating her free speech. What did she do? Well, apparently she breached her contract by making remarks in September of 2021 on a podcast interview when she spoke out against the parent company's shot mandate, Disney shot mandate and then made a swipe at former President Barack Obama's identifying as black and not biracial. So she makes a comment, her own opinion, and she gets fired for it. So, yes, there is a bias. We see it. We all know it. It's all there. But, again, why am I going to watch? There's no reason to. If I want to hear political commentators talk about this stuff, I would go to a political talk show. So it's being inundated, and it's not even being balanced. It's not even being equal. It's not, it's not even common sense. When you listen to the show, the podcast, there's three things. Common sense, obviously. Logic is another thing that I like to deal with. And then it's also like you, if you have your common sense and you have your logic, then reason comes into it. Those are the three things that the show is really based on, besides getting you to take your passion, make it happen, and let yourself be great, raising the standard, bringing out that inner greatness so that you can inspire others around you. But it's reason, logic, and common sense. And when you're talking about these things and nobody's pushing back on it, nobody is talking about the opposite side of it, you're talking about inclusion, but yet you're bigoted toward religion and religion exemptions, and you're making false allegations that you're not backing up, which people do all the time when, it talks, when they talk about it, when they have some extreme conversation. And it's like, wait a minute, why can't you have it? Why do things have to be censored and not be able to be posted just because you say so? See, again, that's where we are in America. Freedom of speech has gone away because you got people like Sage Steele getting fired for making 
comments about what she believes in. ESPN host Malika Andrews became emotional on air last month after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, effectively ending recognition of a constitutional right, which wasn't the case. She says, today the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, declaring that constitutional right to abortion upheld for nearly half a century no longer exists. In less than 24 hours, we celebrated equal rights for women because it came on the verge of Title IX. And now we react to women's reproductive rights being taken away. Well, I don't know of anybody's reproduction rights being taken away. And then there were a series of other people that this particular article says was liberal sports personalities. So even kind of the... I don't call bipartisan, but the non-political people talking about um, ESPN and their wokeness or their liberalness, even knows that they're all liberal. There was another one. ESPN's L. Duncan urges fathers to advocate their daughter's rights to have an abortion. She recorded a segment earlier this month, and she asked producers not to put it on television, but instead post it only online because she didn't want bad faith characters to attack the network for her thoughts. Okay, well, that's being cowardice, but okay, you can do that, but you're being a coward because you only want to post it online. She then urged fathers to speak up so the daughters can have an abortion. Okay, I'm not really sure what world people live in, but I'm pretty sure that parents that are going to become grandparents, I don't think they're pushing to have their grandbaby be aborted. I I don't know, but the world I live in, that is unheard of. Oh, I'm going to be a grandpa. Okay, yeah, go kill it. Go abort it. What world are we living in? I don't understand. She goes on to say, I want the dads watching to ask themselves a really honest question right now. And I mean that. So I'm watching a sports talk show. Well, I guess this didn't make it on the air, but apparently, you know, we're talking sports, sports channel, sports personality talking. And she wants dads watching to ask them an honest question. How does the sentiment of being a hashtag girl dad, which Kobe Bryant started, Evolve beyond superficial social media posts into actual advocacy. Are you carrying the same pride for your daughters into the boardrooms, locker rooms, and courtrooms? Are you doing everything in the power to protect their rights? And then she goes on and on and on. So apparently, if you want to be hashtag girl dag, you should hashtag urge abortions. Don't know where we're at. Adrian Wojnarowski. Again, the NBA is in bed with China. We all know that. They make millions and billions of dollars from China. So the NBA will defame America, and they will praise China to the end because they make a lot of money from China. But Senator Josh Hawley, a Republican from Missouri, revealed in 2020 that ESPN's top NBA reporter, Adrian Wojnarowski, sent him a profane message in response to criticism of the league's relationship with China. It was F.U., was the message from Wojnarowski. Classy, from ESPN's top talent in the NBA. And he's still NBA's, or one of ESPN's NBA's biggest writers. Biggest stars, apparently. It was a Woj bomb that was dropped on Harley. But again, why am I going to turn to sports if this is what I'm getting? If I'm watching a basketball game, March Madness, I'm excited. Wait, what? Now I got to take a moment of silence for something? No, thank you. Click. The NBA. And this is one reason why I don't watch the NBA anymore. It's the first sport I gave up. I will always be a Laker fan. Lakers, when I was a producer for a sports talk show in Los Angeles, at the time we were the Lakers station. And I was producing a show and we would get a lot of Lakers on. 
The Lakers were always good to me. John Black, when he was the um, public relations guy, would get me players. Got me Kobe a couple times when it wasn't expected. Allowed me to come to games with some students and pretend like we were acting media, take part in uh, post-game press conferences, sit up in the press box, take notes and do all that stuff. So Lakers were always good to me. I will always be a Laker fan. But it's hard to follow the NBA when you've got people sitting out there and they just have lost it. So Daryl Morey, he posted a tweet back in 2019. Basically, it was an image that said, fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong. You may or may not know, Hong Kong was independent. It actually was a British, part of the British colony up until a few years ago, and then it went back to China. They still had some freedoms, but China wants to take it over completely and make it a communist state, take away all their freedoms, take away their democracy. And so more and more stuff is happening. In fact, we heard for months that Russia was going to invade the Ukraine. Remember that back in the beginning of the year? And then they finally did. At the same time, we've been hearing that China wants to basically invade Hong Kong. And so a lot of pro-democracy people are being squashed. So again, pro-democracy sounds like a good thing, right? Or if you go back to any number of these tweets, any human rights violation, as some of them said, well, what about pro-freedom, pro-democracy? So Dale Morey expressed support for anti-government Hong Kong protesters. Fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong. Eventually, he deleted the tweet, got some backlash. But China responded by pulling NBA games off of their TV for 18 months, a significant blow to the league's decade-long partnership overseas. Then China put the games back on in late March. The commissioner for the NBA, said that the league lost hundreds of millions of dollars because of the blackout. There you go. All about the money. Others have since spoken out about their views around China and other places in the world, and if the consequences are that we're going to be taken off the air or lose money, we accept that, says Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner. Okay, so he stands behind the players. Good for him. He stands behind if they're going to speak out against China and they're taking off the air and lose money. We accept that, says the commissioner, after losing hundreds of millions of dollars due to one tweet. They accept that. Remember, they accept that, according to the commissioner. Well, ho, ho, ho. LeBron James, who leads Black Lives Matter protests as the season restarts in 2020. Remember that? We'll get to the tweet in a minute, but let's have some background. Okay. He says that we need to keep our foot on the gas in a push for racial justice as the NBA season resumed in Orlando. Again, this is back in 2020. In the past, we've seen progress. We've let our foot off the gas a bit. We can't do that. We want to keep our foot on the gas. Okay, that's fine. But again, he's keeping the foot on the gas, right, of racial or doing away with racial injustice and having justice for these people. Okay. The game of basketball has always been bigger than just the ball and the rim, and 10 guys on the floor. It's an opportunity to use this platform to be able to spread to be able to spread a lot of positive, a lot of love throughout the whole world. And then when he talks about Breonna Taylor, first of all, I want to continue to shed light on justice for Breonna Taylor and her family and everything that's going on with that situation. In case you don't know, there was the Louisville police. There was a no-knock warrant. They busted into her place and end up shooting her, and she dies. And so he wrote, hashtag justice for Breonna. 
in a marker on his sneakers for the game. Okay, and he wanted justice. He wanted the police. We want the cops arrested who committed that crime. As well, they should be if there was a crime. It's called investigation. I'm looking at Derek Chauvin with Greg Floyd or uh, George Floyd. Greg Floyd was a guy they played football with in high school. Uh, George Floyd, and what happened? Everybody protested, everyone up in arms, and the judicial process played out, and he's behind bars for the rest of his life. In fact, I think he got an additional 21 years for violating his uh, Floyd's uh, civil rights. So let the judicial process play out. Don't need to tear down and burn America, which is a whole other story. And so they go on. He goes on talking about, you know, there needs to be justice for Breonna Taylor. Okay. So then what happens? Well, you've got this tweet where millions and millions of dollars were lost, right? So this is what LeBron James had to say. Remember, he wants justice. He wants justice for Breonna Taylor. He wants to keep the gas on. He wants to do all this because, again, we want to spread positivity. We want good things to happen, which I agree with him. We should. We should pull for those things. But then when you have someone like Dale Amore who says, doesn't even say it, just tweets, fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong, this is his response from LeBron, uh, LeBron James. I think that's another um, situation that, that should stay behind closed doors. Um, we, we are to see what, what, what happens with um, any one of our players or, or with an owner or with a, a GM um, at a later date. Um, I think when we all um, sit back and learn from the situation that happened, uh, understand that what you could tweet or could say, um, and we, always talk, we, we all talk about this freedom of speech. Yes, we all do have freedom of speech, but at times there are ramifications for the negative that can happen. Um, when you're not thinking about others and only, you only think about yourself. So um, I don't believe, um, I don't want to get into a, a, word, a word or sentence uh, feud with Daryl, um, with Daryl uh, Morey, but I believe he wasn't educated on, on, on the situation at hand. And, um, and he spoke. And the, uh, the, so many people uh, could have been harmed, um, not only financially, but physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, so just be careful what we, what we tweet and we say. And what we do, even though, yes, we do have freedom of speech, but there can be um, a lot of negative that comes with that, too. So the hypocrisy in that, where was that, LeBron James, when you were back in 2020 protesting Black Lives Matter, typing or writing stuff on your sneakers and so forth, putting the foot on the gas and keep going? Now, all of a sudden, Moray is uneducated, but you are in things and politics of uh, Hong Kong and China. I mean, come on, the hypocrisy continues. It's everywhere in all these stories. You say one thing, but then you turn around and you say something else that completely contradicts what you just said. So you can't have fight for Brianna and yet not stand for freedom. You can't say Moray should not tweet things because he's uneducated and might cost you money. That's what it comes down to, losing hundreds of millions of dollars. And how much of that, LeBron James, did you lose? And that's why you're pissed off about it. You can't be seen over in China. Maybe people aren't buying your jerseys. It comes down to money. He just became one of the... uh, only, I think, but one of the NBA's uh, only billionaires that just came out recently. So he's reached billionaire status. That's all he cares about is the money. He doesn't care about fighting for freedom. He doesn't care about Hong Kong. He just wants to say and do things that benefits him and gets him popularity, gets him money, gets his jerseys sold, and that's what it comes down to. So one guy wants to tweet about China and the abuses, just like all the other places, but then you've got Jay Adande, you've got LeBron James talking and supporting China over America and putting America first. It's amazing. And that's where we are in the NBA. So, again, as an American, forget about the fact that I'm a sports fan. 
But as an American, why am I going to listen to these people bash America? Why am I going to listen to these people double talk, talk hypocrisy, bash other people for their beliefs? You want me to, what happens to, how about this? I don't go to pride night. I just don't, I don't want to be there. It's for no reason. Otherwise then, well, I don't want to go to pride night. So am I bigoted because I don't buy a ticket for that night? What about all the other people that don't go to pride night? Are we all bigoted because we don't go to pride night and buy a ticket for that night? What about that? Well, what about all the other religions? Are they all bigoted because they might have some sort of so-called exemption as to why they might not want to celebrate something that the liberal side of life wants to celebrate? I mean, it gets ridiculous after a while. It goes on and on and on. And so these privileged people, billionaires and people on ESPN that are commentating, that are making a lot of money, that are promoting all this stuff, living their privileged life, sure, they can say it all they want because it doesn't affect them. They don't care. They can say all they want. They're supported. They're protected, except if you're Sage Steele and you say something that's opposite of that woke left liberal ideology, then ESPN fires you and says you breached your contract when you weren't even on an ESPN product. You're on another podcast, but all these people can sit and spout it on ESPN and we're supposed to take it. Quick quiz coming up in a minute about ESPN or a trivia question about ESPN in a minute if you stay tuned. But here's another thing. So as long as you're okay, America sucks, China's great, and we need to shut up about China, and America sucks, and America sucks, and we're going to bash it. We're going to bash it in July 4th articles on ESPN. We're going to have ESPN commentators bash it. We're going to take a knee for the national anthem. We're going to have walkouts. We're going to have things written on our sneakers. We're going to have things put on the back of our jerseys during the 2020 season. We're going to have Black Lives Matter spattered on the floor and all that stuff because it's bad. America's bad. Well, now, Brittany Griner... In case you don't know, she's the WNBA star who plays, I guess, in the offseason over in Russia. Well, she was arrested back in February at a Moscow airport after Russian officials say they found cannabis oil in her luggage. So the basketball star who plays in Russia during the NBA's offseason has been held on drug smuggling charges. Okay. So she recently pled guilty, went to court and pled guilty. Okay. The two-time U.S. Olympic basketball gold medalist, Brittany Griner, has pleaded guilty to drug charges in a Russian court near Moscow. Her lawyers confirmed she faces up to 10 years in prison under the charge. Now, a lot of people are calling for her release. They fear that she's being used as a political pawn in Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. Okay, well, regardless, she pled guilty, so now she admits that she was bringing drugs into the country. Now, her lawyers in Russia expect the court to take the or to take into account that she pled guilty in hopes of leniency. Again, she's facing 10 years, right? It was her decision to plead guilty, says the uh, legal team. She decided to take full responsibility for her actions. She knows she's a role model for many people and goes on and on and on. Okay. Date back to 2020. Griner. I'm going to protest regardless as she protests the national anthem by walking off the court and not being out there. I'm going to protest regardless. I'm not going to be out there for the national anthem. If the league continues to play it, that's fine. It'll be all season long. I will not be out there. I feel like more are going to probably do the same thing. I can only speak for myself. So she's walking off in the national anthem, that typical protest, right? Plus, she said other anti-American things. She said a lot of anti-American things while she was here. Now she's in a Russian jail. So what happens? Oh, she sends a letter to Joe Biden, the president, asking for help. 
This is what she writes. On the 4th of July, our family normally honors the service of those who fought for our freedom, including my father, who was a Vietnam War veteran. Okay, first of all, if your father is a Vietnam War veteran, my father's a Vietnam War veteran. I had him on the show. He's a Silver Star winner. Or I guess he's not a winner. He was awarded the Silver Star for bravery, and he was awarded the Purple Heart for injury. Now, if I was going to protest something, I wouldn't pick something that is going to disrespect my father and the service that he did in Vietnam. Vietnam was a very messed up war. A lot of people came back with a lot of issues, just like we do with a lot of wars, right? But here's the thing. If you're walking off the national anthem, you're, in my opinion, you're disrespecting your father if he was a Vietnam veteran. Why are you walking off? And now all of a sudden you're claiming, oh, my father's a Vietnam War veteran, and we honor the service of those who served and fought for our freedoms. Very disingenuous. It hurts thinking how I usually celebrate this day because freedom means something completely different to me this year. Please do all you can to bring us home. Oh, bring us home. Okay. I voted for the first time in 2020. I voted for you. I believe in you. What else are you going to say? You're sitting in a Russian jail. Of course you're going to write this. I still have so much good to do with my freedom that you can help restore. I miss my wife, miss my family, miss my teammates. It kills me to know they're suffering so much right now. Well, you're the one suffering right now, but okay. I'm grateful for whatever you can do at this moment to get me home. So she's sitting in a Russian prison, having pled guilty to, well, I guess drug smuggling, but having drugs, bringing drugs. Here's the other thing I don't understand. And so she reaches out to Joe Biden, and she proclaims her patriotism when she has shown anti-patriotic behavior in the past. And you can go look it up and Google her name and see what pops up. Now, again, she can protest and stuff like that. That's fine. But you can't sit there and say and call America bad and then all of a sudden say that you, you're not even in the country for the 4th of July. I don't know. Just a crazy world we live in. But here's the other thing. If you're an American, this is the audacity, okay, of America. Talk about privilege and all this stuff. If you're an American, or anybody for that matter, Except if you're coming to our country, you can do whatever you want because we'll just let you in. But if you are an American going to another country, you should probably figure out what the laws of that country are when it pertains to things that might be out of the ordinary. For example, cannabis oil or other drug-related paraphernalia. Remember, I think it was a long time ago, it was in Singapore. I think there was a, a kid, an American kid, he was chewing gum, I think, and spit it out. Something, you know, here in America we do all the time because our streets are disgusting. But there he got caught and he got caned for it. And there was big outrage, okay? Now, granted, that is, I think, excessive, but that's the laws of Singapore. If you don't want to abide by those laws, don't go. Now, he might not have had a choice because his parents were there, his mom was there, something like that. But, again, you should know the laws and abide by the laws of other countries if you go there. I don't understand why Americans think you have a free pass to go to another country and do whatever you want and then claim you're an American and be let go. That blows my mind. Learn the laws. Learn the rules. There's some countries I won't go to because, you know what, I'm an American, and who knows how they're going to uh, react to me. A lot of countries I just haven't been to because I'm focusing on my travels here in, the, in America and the United States. I think there's a lot of cool things here first before I go overseas. Go travel, do all that, but just me personally. I'm the one that thinks that, you know, the one in a million time, you know, there's always that one in a million chance that something happens. I'm going to be the one that gets stuck in some jail in the Middle East somewhere because I went and visited and was a tourist and they got me for whatever. So I just won't go. 
Okay. And so I stay home. That's just me. You go do what you want. But again, if I was going to go someplace, I would look to make sure that the stuff I was bringing was okay. I wouldn't bring anything questionable. I wouldn't try to smuggle anything in. I wouldn't try to take anything out. You know, I think there was somebody in some country somewhere, and it just popped in my head as we speak. Otherwise, I would have looked it up. But, like, took a picture or something off the wall and got busted for it and tried to take it home. Well, maybe that was the guy in Korea, Wombat. Maybe that's what it was in North Korea. He, like, took something from a hotel or whatever. I think it was maybe a Korean poster or something, and he ended up getting arrested, put in a uh, work camp, ended up coming home with brain damage, and died. Okay? Now, that should never have happened to him, but again, he probably shouldn't have been taking anything that he shouldn't have. Again, it comes back to personal responsibility. Okay? It comes back to being responsible for ourselves, bringing out that inner greatness, raising the standards, stepping up and saying, hey, we probably shouldn't do this because this isn't right. We probably shouldn't take things and try to smuggle it into a country or out of a country because it's not the right thing to do. We should sit there and have the respect of other countries and cultures and realize that they may do things a little different and that we need to respect that. And we need to have common sense, logic, and reason to realize that when we travel international, we shouldn't be doing things. We should also have the common sense to realize that if we're going to say and make a political statement about something, that we stay consistent in that. And we don't become hypocritical and then get offended when someone calls us out on a hypocrisy. You can't sit there and say you are for inclusion and yet call religious people bigoted. If you have your theology of pride and LGBTQ and you worship at that church, I don't think the religious people are criticizing you for having that belief. They might not participate and celebrate with you, but I don't think they criticize you for that. Some do. Everybody has criticism, but I'm just talking about these athletes, and yet you're calling them bigoted for that. Why? I don't go to LGBT Pride Night. Am I bigoted? Am I racist? If I don't celebrate those type of nights at those games, I don't even go to bobblehead night. Quick story. I was in Oakland, Minnesota Twins, back in 2016. Go to the stadium at the uh, Oakland Coliseum, and I get there early to watch batting practice. There is a huge-ass line already formed. I'm like two hours before game time. There's a, two, there's a long line all the way around. It starts at home plate, and I'm trying to get in. I'm walking around the stadium to try to find the back of the line. I finally get to center field. It's halfway around Oakland Coliseum. I get to the back of the line. I'm wearing a Twins jersey. I'm like, what's the line for? Everybody was here to get some Hello Kitty Oakland A's bobblehead thing. It was crazy. It was insane. Guy looked at me and goes, hey, uh, you want the bobblehead? I'm like, no. He goes, come with me because he saw my twins uh, jersey. He's like, come with me. I'll let you in. He let me in the back way. He said, go down this hallway, go over to the left, and just tell them that I let you in. My name is whatever his name was, Bob, and show them your ticket, and they'll let you in. Because everybody was in line getting the bobblehead. It was crazy. Some people waited two hours to get this Hello Kitty bobblehead. Unbelievable. But again, the point of the story is, I didn't try to cut in line and say, hey, I want a bobblehead. Let me in, let me in, let me in. I went to the back of the line like everybody else and waited. And fortunately, one of the employees there at the stadium realized I was a Twins fan, let me in, and I was able to get in and watch batting practice. And then you'd be surprised how many people asked me if I had the bobblehead. They wanted to pay me for it. Maybe I should have stayed in line and got one. It was crazy. Hello Kitty bobblehead. Unbelievable. But again, that's why I still enjoy baseball. You've got the bobbleheads. You've got the paraphernalia. You've got the souvenirs. You've got the fandom. 
Only in America do you fight over baseball that you can get at the store for like eight bucks. Major League Baseball. Only in the store do we celebrate the one quadrillionth guy that caught a foul ball in the stands. Don't do that in anything else. Only in baseball. Only in America. And that's what's fun about baseball. That's why I still enjoy the game. Because you have those things. You have things that haven't happened ever. You know, baseball is the only sport you can go back into the scorebook and you can replay every single game, every single pitch, every single at-bat because of the box score. It's an amazing sport. Now, a lot of people think it's boring, but there's a lot of intricacy into it, a lot of history, a lot of fun stuff that I enjoy, the sights, the sounds, the smells, fresh-cut grass, a newly watered infield with crisp white lines, fresh dirt, freshly painted behind the plate, whatever the, whatever the team's logo is. So it's going to probably take a little bit more than some of these other things to get me to not go to baseball because if it's not the MLB, I've got minor league. Minor league people are still trying to make it to the pros, so they are still trying their hardest and still competing. If not, then there's the collegiate level. Go see collegiate ball where people are still trying to get drafted, maybe go play at the College World Series. If not, then you got high school. I'll go watch a t-ball game if I have to because there's nothing more hilarious than t-ball. I saw one video on social media. Apparently, it was a championship game of t-ball, which makes no sense to me, but whatever. And I don't know what if it was the game-winning run, but it was on video. And a kid rounds third, and he starts doing somersaults going towards home. He felt this was the, the time that he needed to do somersaults. Well, the ball comes to home plate. Of course, the catcher misses it, and it's bouncing around behind the plate, the backstop. The kid's rolling home. You've got, like, all these parents screaming for him to get up and run. You've got the coach trying to get him to get up and run, and all he cares about is doing somersaults all the way home, and then finally he does a somersault across the plate, and I guess that's the winning run, and they win the championship or some nonsense. But, see, that's what baseball is about. It's about having fun. It's about enjoying it. It's about just the experience of being you and your personality. Of course, as you get older, there's more at stake. You know, you've got uh, you've got to pay because you want to try to get the pros. You want to try to get to college. You want to try to play in high school. You've got money, all this stuff. So obviously the, the stakes change. But again, baseball is all about fun, in my opinion. This is Two Steps Ed Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom. Check us out on our website, RadioWarp.com. That's Radio, W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. Click on the Two Steps Ahead podcast link. Our shows come up. Check us out on Instagram at T-W-O, Two Steps Ahead podcast. We put show clips in the show, post the videos and stuff like that there. If you click the link in the bio on Instagram, it'll take you to our YouTube, our SoundCloud. Subscribe so you never miss an episode. There's a swag shop, which you can get some cool merchandise um, if you want to be in the cool kids group. And then you can listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, um, et cetera. And then also, hey, Google, hey, Siri, hey, Alexa, play TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast, and we pop up. You can email the show at TWO Podcast. Everything is TWO. I know there are, uh, people say, why do you always spell it out? Well, because some people put the number and then they get it wrong. But TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast at gmail.com. Hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend, and until next time, God bless.